Hey there, loyal listeners. My name is Chris. I'm here with my good friend Zach, and welcome to a very special episode of Forgotten Heroes. We are going to get dark, we're going to get edgy, and we're going to be hanging upside down in caves because we're talking about the Bat Family. How are you doing today, Zach? You excited? Yeah, I'm good. I think... <laughs> I like that. That was a good one. We're hanging upside down. Yeah. I mean... I mean, if you think about it, only like only Batman is the one who does that. I don't think the others do that ever. Well, I, I, it's, well, peppered, that's not true. it's peppered throughout the family. It's just it's very, it's gonna be a very edgy episode. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. We got we got <laughs> edgy. crowbars flying. We got explosions. We got insane asylums. We got mantles picked up, dropped, sworn off, forgotten. It, the 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 tumultuous nature of the Bat Family is. <laughs> Oh my god, it just goes on and on and on. But um, I want to make something clear before we start that this is going to be part one of the Bat Family episode because there are an insane amount of orphans that Bruce Wayne adopts. Um, through one aspect or another, he ends up just having a family close to around 30 people, sort of up to where we are nowadays. It's, it's kind of one of the hu- like biggest, most expanded families of a superhero that is kind of out there there's a couple other exceptions if you want to get like deep into the lore and stuff like that but for this episode we are going to be talking about mainly the robins so we're going to be talking about four robins um that are in the bat family the four sort of like the big four um and we'll get into them in a second i don't want to spoil anything but yeah just to say this is probably going to be a two or three parter uh, maybe four depending on how this is going um, we're still like kind of taking stock of everybody that we want to introduce, who we think is worth introducing. Um, but at the very least, this is going to be kind of its own little series within the series, just because we want to give them correct snuff. And we also want to um, just like allow each character to shine because each character within the Bat family has an insanely rich history and all sorts of ups and downs with the relationship with Batman, with the family, with the Teen Titans with other groups that they form by themselves. So it just, it's very encompassing. Yeah. And it's, and it's pretty good idea that we start with the Robins. Cause I think those are the most iconic of the bat family. Oh, the, you know, his, his sons, um, I think all but one is adopted. And <laughs> it's funny. I, cause I remember recently when DC was coming out the infinite frontier, they all, they were, with the, which is like the New 52 rebirth kind of thing. It's like, well, they're all connected. They're all one story, but there's some differences, like a, like an era, I guess you could say. Um, so every every main hero who had like an extended, I want to say, family tree in some way, shape, or form, and it kind of it does include the villains. They all had a variant cover for it, and I remember seeing the Batman one, and I'm like, holy crap, your family's big Batman. <laughs> oh, yeah. It goes it goes on and on and on, but we want to make sure because, yeah, we just want to make sure we give each of them justice, you know? So it's... Don't, Chris. <laughs> Stop it. So <laughs> I think, I think what, what did we say? We're going to start with his sons, the Robins, mm-hmm. and then next time we're probably going to do... I I don't want to say his he doesn't really have daughters, but I want to say the female relations that he has. Yeah. Uh, for the Bat family, mm-hmm. maybe and maybe we- somebody else. And I think we should definitely do an honorable mention that I just realized we did not 
do research on, but he's not – he doesn't have a big history to truly do that for. So Yeah. No, I think that – I think – Honestly, there could be – yeah, there's – that will probably happen with every episode just because, once again, there's so many members. But it's – yeah, it, it, it's tough to figure out where to start when you're talking about the Bat family. I think that was one of my biggest challenge in sort of like preparing for this episode is that I was like, who, like, what's the best way to do this? And when you think of Batman, you think of Robin. You know, It's just sort of like from day one, Wonder Boy has always sort of been there. Well, not from day one, but like nowadays – Batman's character has progressed enough to the point that it's like Batman and Robin, no, 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 you know, like it's very, <laughs> it's synonymous, you know, it's, it's one in the same in some sense. So, you know, there's no other better way to start than with the golden boy, my favorite, probably ah, see, I would say the most recognizable, the most recognizable, yeah. the favorite of all the Robins, Dick Grayson. Oh yeah. But before you get into that, Typically, we do talk about multiverse. Mm -hmm. The only thing I think we're going to talk about for this list is mentioning if Crisis on Infinite Earths and Infinite Crisis, which did change stuff. So yeah. I believe for certain people, we're going to go with their mo with their more recent origin, mm -hmm. right? Like like New 52, post Flashpoint, maybe a little bit of pre Flashpoint stuff. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing too like oh we're gonna go all the way back to the golden age because we don't have time for that. Yeah, that would that's oh my god I say this every single time we talk about it <laughs> some sort of character but you know that's a whole another series in itself but yeah the most recognizable Dick Grayson probably uh, one of if not my favorite Robin not only because he's the most recognizable but just because of his character um, and something that had to do with him recently. Um, in the, oh, I think, oh, if I dude. think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think you that might. Was, we'll get to, we'll get to that at the end. I don't want to jump I know, all the way. Let's not get ahead of most, ourselves. But. Yeah, I don't want to jump all the way to the most current events when we still haven't even talked about his origin. But yes, we are talking about Dick Grayson to start Batman's first sidekick, eventually taking up the mantle of Nightwing, which is probably one of the most recognizable side characters or Robins, um, in sort of the Batman universe in the DC universe. You know, you see the blue and the black, you see the long hair, you see the um, the sort of kanji sticks, and you know exactly who it is. So uh, it's his trademark. Sticks, I think they're called. The what? I think they're called Escrimistics. Escrimistics. Yeah. However always, you want to pronounce it. I always get that wrong. I've been playing Call of Duty. I got the kanji sticks. <laughs> My bad. Um, litter, but litter, his, his sticks that will zap you if you're not careful. Oh, don't screw around with those. Yeah, they will mess you up. They can stop your heart if you're not careful. Or restart them. You know, depends. Uh, but anyways, Dick Grayson, his origin. He was the youngest acrobat in his family troupe called the Flying Graysons in the Circus. Um, however, when he was in that family troupe, he witnessed the death of his parents at the hand of the Mafia, which is orchestrated by Tony Zuko, who at the end of that sort of arc is presumed to be dead, right? We're going to come back to that later. Tony Zuko is supposedly dead, right? Um, after that, Dick sort of picks up the mantle. Bruce sort of consoles him, and the plot sort of continues from there. Um, after a sort of scarring interaction, after a bit of training with Batman, um, where Dick couldn't save the life of Gotham's DA due to him being captured by Two-Face, um, he thought he saved him, but in the final moment, a trapdoor opened up underneath the DA, and he drowned, and Dick couldn't save him. And then Two-Face proceeds to beat him 
mercilessly. He gets messed up on one of his very first missions. And so Batman decides to sideline him for a time um, due to just the psychological impact it had. He's still very new to training. He's still very new to patrols. And Two-Face just mercilessly destroys this child. Um, at this point, he was pretty much a child, right? And after that, um, he is sort of brought back onto the patrols. And then yet again, he has another really awful interaction, except this time with the Joker, who shoots him in the shoulder. And then Batman tries to sideline Dick yet again, but then realizing that he's a little bit more grown at this time um, and that he no longer relied on Bruce, they sort of part ways. So after the whole Joker interaction, he's like, you know what? You just keep throwing me in harm's way. I can do this myself. If, if it wasn't for you, uh, this wouldn't have happened. So Dick sort of parts ways and he joins the Teen Titans for a while, right? He gets sort of a newfound independence um, with himself and he sort of officially retires as Robin. Um, and then that is when he sort of picks up the Nightwing mantle because he's talking to Superman for some advice and he's told a story by Superman about a lone Kryptonian who was cast out from society and eventually his name was forgotten and he was known only as Nightwing. So he picks up uh, a piece of some Kryptonian history and brings it to Earth, which I think is really cool. And not a lot of people know that, that Nightwing's I think origins... A lot of less yeah. You go. Sorry, I'm sorry, Chris. I no, you're good. Today. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's. I think even less so. Like even if even if you're part of the you know part of our listeners, like I already knew that. Did you know that that's also the name of Kryptonian gods? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It go. It like literally. There's several degrees of separation, and it keeps going further and further in Kryptonian sort of like lore and sort of like history. Um, and I think that's. It's honestly like a really interesting little tidbit. And I love that, you know, Dick was sort of like, you know what, I'm kind of feeling this way. I'm going to pick it up, you know, really embraces his edginess as well as his independence. And I love it. It, it fits so well with his character. Right. So after that, he officially picks up the mantle to save his fellow Teen Titans from the hands of Deathstroke and leads the Titans. So that's sort of when we get the blue and the black. That's sort of when we get the Escrima Sticks. That's when he officially becomes Nightwing. He shows up. After the Teen Titans are captured by Deathstroke, beats the crap out of Deathstroke, and then flees to safety with the Teen Titans, right? Um, Nightwing himself is very hardy. He's been known to endure brainwashing. Um, he's had ups and downs with Starfire from the Teen Titans and uh, their relationship. And he witnessed the training of the new Robin, Jason Todd, um, when he was with the Teen Titans. So Batman recruits a new kid named Jason Todd. Um, but then Jason Todd is killed by the Joker um, in a rather brutal scene with a crowbar and an explosion. Um, but we're going to sideline that for a second because that's very important. And we're going to pick that up in just a few minutes. But anyways, getting back to Dick Grayson, he eventually finds out that Tony Zuko, remember him, the guy who orchestrated the death of his parents, was actually in a coma and not actually dead. Um, it was thought when they were transporting him to prison that he slipped into a heart attack and was killed, but it was actually a coma. And Batman lied to Dick about it. So Tony turns state informant, and that's what allows him to get out of prison. But since Batman lied to Dick, um, Dick eventually finds out that Tony Zuko, the guy who orchestrated the death of his parents due to sort of like ties with the mafia, was actually in a coma and not dead. It was believed that when Batman was transporting him to prison – um, on the night of his parents' death, that he actually slipped into a heart attack and died. Not true. 
Batman lied about it to Dick because he was afraid that through his psychological trauma, you know, being a small kid and watching your parents die is it's not great. Batman can attest to that. And knowing himself <laughs> and knowing Dick, he is worried that he's going to take what, quote unquote, drastic measures against him. Right. So after learning this, Dick goes to see Tony get released from prison, only to witness him get assassinated. He ends up catching the assassin and sending that assassin back to prison. However, he receives some closure, and it forms a bit of a rift between him and Batman. That's sort of like the really big lie that sort of separates them. So not only was there that awful sort of scarring coincidence with the Joker where he gets shot in the shoulder, and he's like, I don't really need you anymore. He finds out this on top of it, right? So it just like further pushes him away from Bruce and from Batman, right? Eventually... He's implored by a kid named Tim Drake, who is somebody else we're going to talk about, to become Robin again, but actually ends up refusing it. Um, he does, however, reluctantly, I want to add very heavily, reluctantly picks up the mantle of Batman after Bruce Wayne himself is actually crippled by Bane when his back is broken, right? So he ends up actually... Um, picking up that mantle of Batman for a time um, and working with one-on-one -on -one with Tim Drake as Robin, right? It allows them to bond and become really, really good friends and they sort of get a really nice brotherly relationship. And it sort of puts Dick back into the position of Batman, puts him back on patrols, gets him a little bit closer to Bruce and it makes him think. It sort of like rattles around in his head for a bit, right? Um, he ends up actually proposing to Barbara Gordon, who is the daughter of Jim Gordon, um, Gotham's uh, eventual uh, police commissioner. Um, I don't know if he is commissioner at that time. I think he is. Um, hey, well, he usually is most yeah. of the time. And it's funny because like when most people think of like the iconic, you know, significant other for Dick Grayson, it's usually Barbara Gordon. Especially if you've read the comics, because like those two have gone through everything. You know, Starfire, it's like yeah, from the Teen Titans, okay. But if you think about it, it's like, well, how long do Tamaranians live, and also what's their culture like? Yeah, um, exactly. There's a little bit of that disconnect there. Right, and so it's just kind of yeah, and it's like all right, well, cool, and it's, and I love. I want to add some interesting things here, stuff that. I don't think we we've talked about before. Dick Grayson, because uh, this is kind of more current stuff, has fought his own great grandfather, which you might be yes. like, what? Time travel? No, yes. that man was still alive, mm -hmm. and he fought him in present day Gotham, because Dick Grayson was before he was even born, I think, or right when he was born, was recruited to be a talent for the Court of Owls, which is like. Yep. I would say the Court of Arrows makes the Illuminatis look like freaking Boy Scouts. Oh, like how, yeah. Like how Hardcore. Secret, yeah, how secretive they've been. But they usually stick to, like, Gotham. And that's mm -hmm. kind of it. Like, they don't go anywhere else. Yep. But, but and it's it's insane because most of those towns are also people who should be dead. And they've been terrorizing the Wayne family and most of Gotham for generations. And it's really weird to think about that it's like, if Batman never... If Batman never adopted Dick Grayson, or even if Dick Grayson's parents never died, maybe Grayson would have become a Talon somehow. You know, they would have came for him, and then it would have 
he'll be a villain. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's actually um, a really, really awesome animated uh, movie with Batman and the Court of Owls, and Dick is there, and he sort of faces off with a bunch of owls with Batman. And it's a very interesting scene. And it, it, it's interesting to think about what could have changed, you know, uh, as far as like Dick's capabilities and everything that he learned from bathroom. What happened if from Batman? What happened if he switched to lethal? You know, it's 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 that age old question with superheroes, except when you think about it and sort of like this type of context, it's really interesting. And it's something that we can touch on in a little bit, actually. Um, but anyways, he ends up proposing to Barbara Gordon. Um, who at the time accepts it, but ends up actually, um, I don't want to say revoking it, but like sort of like deciding against it because he is asked to sort of help Batman. Um, and Barbara is sort of aware of all of the potential dangers that come with that. Um, and so actually it ends up sort of on a somewhat of an open-ended note. However, Nightwing does promise to return to her. Um, and he ends up going back with Batman and that doesn't really sort of, that sort of like Peter's off. Um, Nightwing actually also has a stint where he works with Connor Kent, um, against Superboy Prime. Um, Superboy Prime nearly kills him. It gets very, very close. I'd say it's probably one of the closest instances of Dick, like really almost dying. Uh, but Connor actually ends up saving him right in the nick of time, just like we love. He's a Kent. That's right when he shines, right? So he really lives up to the family name. Um, and then after that, he goes on a bit of a detective spree and ends up on the trail of someone who is masquerading as Nightwing, actually. So somebody is going around claiming that they are Nightwing. However, their methods are not what Nightwing's methods are. He has the lethal uh, force and he is leaving a trail of bodies um, through a series of sort of detective work and tracking him down for a couple of weeks. He ends up finding out that it's Jason Todd, right? And we are dun, going dun, to, dun. yeah, the guy who was beaten brutally by Joker with a crowbar and then blown up in a death of the family arc. However, I'm not going to talk too much more about that because we have our own little vignette for Jason Todd in just a moment here. So to stay on the trail of Dick Grayson, he ends up actually leading the outsiders for a time, which operate globally undercover. Um, and he eventually sort of distanced himself from the group to rejoin the Titans after an attack on Titans East trainees. So that sort of brings him back to Gotham and sort of brings him back to that whole scope of things. Right. Um, after that, Batman is attacked repeatedly by a group called the Black Glove, another sort of secret sort of assassin society is the best way to sort Batman of just it down. Can't, he Batman can't catch can't a break, win. dude. He's just League like, of Assassins, Court of Owls, Black yep. Glove. Yep. like what yep. the Stop international it. crime syndicate it just keeps going and going and going like he just he's yeah, just too injustice, cool injustice league yep. secret society of like oh my god batman just keeps pick going a person. yeah for real stop make it like pick an enemy pick a group for god's sakes <laughs> and meanwhile uh, if you think about it it's like bat like batman is juggling all this stuff right all these teams I think at one point he had two. He was a part member of two Justice Justice League teams, Justice League Justice League of America, which he made himself. And then I'm sitting here and I'm reading this and I'm like, well, let's see what Dick's doing. Oh, he's with the Teen Titans. He's with the Titans. Okay, he's doing his own thing. I mean, comics yeah. are not always great at really portraying when something already took place, mm -hmm. unless they are said in the comic book. But I'm sitting there reading it. I'm like, 
Dick, how are you getting to all these meetings? Like, what? What are you doing? Like, how do you and Batman do this? Like, yeah. I'm convinced you guys have teleportation somehow. <laughs> That's the magic of Batman, dude. It's the magic of the Batfam. Gotta love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyways, Batman is repeatedly attacked by this group known as the Black Glove, um, which appears to drive Bruce off the edge. And when I say off the edge, I mean off the edge of sanity. He disappears. Um, well, he wasn't nobody... that far. He wasn't that far. New. to begin with <laughs> yeah we i was about to say if you think about it in reality there really wouldn't take too much and there's plenty of instances where batman comes very very close and toes that line um however that sort of falls back onto nightwing he returns to gotham to aid tim drake once again in defending gotham um tim drake is another robin and we are going to touch on him as well i don't know if i mentioned that um mm-hmm. But he will have his own sort of spotlight in just a second. He's another one of my favorites. Um, So they are working together once again in Gotham. The brotherly love ensues, and you love it. You love to see it. It's a great little arc. It's full of happiness and beating up criminals and lots of loose teeth. It's really, really great. So Nightwing eventually is ambushed by the International Club of Villains, yet another group that seeks to just destroy the oh, Bat family. Goodness gracious. And he is actually seen later. Um, it's sort of like left open-ended at the end of an issue, like what sort of happens to him. And he's seen later in Arkham Asylum foaming at the mouth and believed to be actually a member of the International Club of Villains and not Dick Grayson. So somehow he ends up in Arkham Asylum, seemingly insane and with a different identity. Um, and this whole thing sort of ends up culminating in an elaborate reveal that Nightwing and Batman's current fates were a ploy to expose the Black Glove. So they end up like putting themselves through the ringer just so that the organization gets sloppy so that they can get the upper hand, which is honestly wicked smart. However, it wicked is smart, but also very extreme. It's and, terrible you know, for a long time. It's really not Yeah, it's great. terrible. And that's reminding me of, oh my God. There are so many times where I'm like, comic books, yes, I know they repeat things, but mm-hmm. they try to do it. Be a little afraid. This is not that different from his his previous Rick Grayson stunt, which was yeah. a pain in the butt, if I can go on that tangent. Or Get if up you would like soapbox to. for a couple minutes. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like, it's like, DC's like, we're going to shake something up for Batman. Okay, you're reading Batman. All of a sudden, Dick Grayson's shot in the head. Okay, yep. he's been assassinated. Batman goes to, you know, not want to say get vengeance, but definitely beat up on the guy, leaves him almost for, pretty much for dead. He's like, I'm not killing you, but I don't have to help you. Um, and then it's like, surprise, Dick Grayson's not dead, but he can't remember anything because it just grazed his head or his brain. Dick Grayson has amnesia, and all he knows is his name is Rick. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is stupid. But meanwhile... He still has all the moves of Dick Grayson, but he can't remember how. And then he like teams up with another group that have all his old outfits, and they're calling themselves the Nightwings. And he's like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna help them too. And then even when he met with the the Bat Family, they're like, Well, you're Dick Grayson. He's like, I don't remember being this guy, so I'm Rick. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. That was so stupid. And then it's like, <laughs> you're just a comic reader. You're like, I know this is gonna go back to the status quo. Let's see how you do this. This yeah. is stupid. And yeah. what everything you just tell, told told everybody about the oh yeah see different identity he doesn't remember who he is literally almost one to one except one was a ploy to beat up to stop a organization and this one was just 
I don't know. Really, DC really forgot what character arc. <laughs> yeah, it was so dumb. And then they're like, "Oh, he's back!" I'm like, yeah, thank God. I'm tired of this. <laughs> We're sick of Rick. Here, Rick. Get rid of Rick. Yeah, <laughs> here, Rick. And Nobody like, likes R- him. Yeah, R I C. Yeah. What the? Yeah. Who spells their name like that? It's, it's like spelling Todd with one D. It's just like kind of a dick move. I feel like, <laughs> like you're just no, pretentious. No at pun that intended. Point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Wow, I made an excellent pun, and I didn't even realize it. Crap. <laughs> I got to step up my game. Damn. So, All right. Bat, uh, Dick Grayson and, and Tim Drake are investigating somebody. They are, yeah. So after discovering that that person masquerading as Nightwing was actually Jason Todd, and ends up in Jason sort of dropping off the grid for a little bit, once again, a trail of bodies shows up, and it leads back to Jason Todd. Eventually... Dick and Jason confront one another, and it leads to a pretty epic battle. And through the series of them sort of monologuing and beating the crap out of each other and flipping over one another and firing bullets and throwing a scream of sticks, uh, Dick realizes that, holy crap, Jason has completely lost his mind. He realizes that Jason is no, not really any longer the Jason that he knew when he was training with Batman – and he's just essentially like a extremist, murderous thug. So after that whole sort of battle and that interaction, um, they are battling on top of a train. Jason ends up sort of teetering off the edge. The edge, excuse me. Um, Nightwing grabs his hand, and Jason promises that they will see each other again. And Jason lets go and falls off the train and dies, quote unquote, once again. So Dick then finally picks up the mantle of Batman for a much longer time. And recruits Damian Wayne, uh, another character that we're going to talk about. And this is after Batman's apparent death at the hands of Darkseid with a different sort of Justice League arc. We won't get too deep into that. And he recruits Damian Wayne, um, like I said, another character we're going to talk about. We'll explain him at the end of the episode. Instead of Tim Drake, um, he sort of revokes the brotherly love for a little bit because he sees Damian Wayne as a Robin. And he sees Tim Drake as his equal. Um, He sees them sort of on the same level. So he doesn't want to reduce Tim to that level. Tim, on the other hand, really doesn't mind. And he's sort of upset by this. It puts him in quite a vulnerable state. And he sort of goes off and does his own thing. And we'll elaborate on that a little bit more when we get to Tim's arc. And that is sort of a really, really nice brief overview of all the crap and all the awesomeness that Dick Grayson as Nightwing has to deal with. Um, One of the important things to note that while he is trained by Batman due to his acrobatic abilities, um, he has his own complete centralized fighting style. You know, he's not nearly as uh, how does Alfred describe Bruce's fighting style? He's like brawl and pummel, something to that nature. And he describes Dick as much more agile and light on his feet. And he does a lot more flips essentially. So, you know, Batman has the gadgets and is much more sort of like head on and, you know, has that sort of innate badassness to him. And Dick has that too, but he has it in his own little respect as being a little bit quicker and being a little bit more agile and, you know, focusing on dodging versus just like gadgets or smarts and things of that nature. So once again, he has sort of the genius level intellect. He has his own set of utility belts. He's got his own little gadgets that pop up here and there. Um, But his main standout sort of style really does shine when he's sort of by himself or when he's working with someone and Bruce isn't really there. Um, So, yeah, that's a really good sort of overview for Nightwing. And that's why I love him so much because he goes through so much crap. And it was really a big standout moment when he 
sort of separated from Batman. You know, that, that whole interaction with the Joker, it, it wasn't even potentially lethal. Sure, it was dangerous. It wasn't a mortal injury, but it was enough for him to be like, you know what? I'm done with this. I have the abilities. I'm much more grown now. I know that there are other groups out there that need my help. I'm going to go do my own thing. And so, you know, it's it's great for narrative points because it forms a rift between his once mentor, um, even though he's, you know, still technically fighting, still technically not Batman and therefore has, quote unquote, not totally completed his training. But it's Dick Grayson. You know, he's completely capable. He knows what he's doing to a certain extent. And, you know, there are plenty of times that with extenuating circumstances, he goes toe to toe with Batman and holds his own more than pretty much anybody else. Once again, because it's that innate sort of understanding and that innate training with Bruce. Um, but Dick Grayson is an amazing, an amazing character. And that's one of the reasons that we started off with him, because it's – I can't say enough about him. I don't want to go on my own rant, but he is independent, and he's smart, but he's got his own style, and I could just keep going on and on and on. So I'm going to stop myself here and talk about more of the independence that he shows, because that that is really, I think, his main claim to fame. When I think about Dick Grayson, is his sort of his when he breaks off. And I think, and I have to agree with you on that. Uh, Dick Grayson is, while he's the first Robin, and like you know him breaking off from Batman and becoming his own, is the most iconic of all the Robins. The way I see his Bruce's adopted sons, Dick Grayson is almost a copy of Batman. To the point that he might as well be Batman, but he's he's not going to be because there's Batman. Jason is the dark side of Batman of like, well, what if I went over the line just a smidge, mm-hmm. right? Because he's already very close to the line if you think about it. Like Batman oh, yeah. won't kill somebody, but he doesn't have to help you. Yeah. So Jason's like, well, what if he went over that edge just a little bit? Like he's not a villain, but he but he'll he'll take out the bad guys to stop to prevent future disasters but he won't just you know he won't kill innocent people tim is the detective scientist tech guy side of batman and damien is the all mostly all fight i want to say he's a lot of fight a lot of brutality a lot of will a lot of will again he's also he's more like jason where it's like listen i mean i'll kill them i'll kill you if you don't leave me Damien will kill a villain if he can't figure out another way to subdue them. Yeah. Jason will just be like, I mean, you're going to cause bad stuff if I let you live, so he'll take him out. Yeah. But Dick Grayson is the prodigal son of Batman. Oh, yeah. And that's and why with, we love him so much. Yep. And first off, he's also – he has his own form of batterings, and they're called the wingdings. Like, hello? That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, he picks up the whole the, the whole ridiculous of sort of the bat this and the bat that. You know, there's there's one of my favorite um oh, what is it? Batman is training a new sidekick that I'm not gonna say the name of because I wanna save her for another episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she ends up getting into a fight with Batman on a rooftop and ends up getting kicked in the solar plexus pretty hard. And after the fight she goes, I think I'm gonna puke and then Batman turns to her and he goes, I have a bat bucket in the Batmobile. And she sort of turns and looks at him and gives him sort of a questionable look. And he goes, it's just a bucket with a bat on it. 
And so <laughs> it's literally yeah. like he he picks Bat up that sort everything. of like yeah, he picks up that sort of weird nuisance where he just like puts Bat in front of everything. And so, you know, well, it's just I mean, one of the little details that makes him great. I love it. But Dick doesn't do, – he's not like, oh, it's the knight this or the wing that. It's like, no, it's just, just just his throwing shurikens are called wingdings, and I love that. Yeah. I just love so the fact – I love that name. But with every – with I think a lot of families, uh, there's always the black sheep. And we always, and we spoke about – I think with, with the Superman one, we spoke about Superboy Prime. Mm-hmm. He's technically the black sheep of the family – Definitely. With Wonder Woman, Nubia, you know, the Wonder Family, Nubia was started off as the black sheep. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, started off. Yeah, started off like that, and unfortunately, based on the era of her creation, it was kind of literal, but we moved past that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, the second Robin, otherwise known as Red Hood, is the is the black sheep of the Bat Family. Oh yeah, he's he's the the very very angry black and white middle child, if you will. <laughs> yes, very. There's good, there's bad, and even Batman's like, I mean, they're still gray. Yeah. Jason, <laughs> for a while, it's it's like mm, no, but yeah. Jason's origin was revamped because of Crisis on Infinite Earths and Infinite Crisis and blah blah blah. So. Uh, his origin is roughly the same. Like his, you know, he's his first time meeting Batman. He's actually trying to steal the wings, uh, that the wings, the wheels off the Batmobile, and he actually gets, you know, at least half of them off. And Batman's impressed. It's like, dang. Yeah. You know, but the Jason, fact that he, do, he doesn't trigger any of the alarm systems or activate any of the sort of non-lethal protocols that are sort of attached to the Batmobile. It ends up almost getting away with some very, very expensive wheels. Yeah. So, yeah, and he was living on the street because his mom was a drug addict and his dad was in prison, supposedly mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. Um, I say supposedly because it's comic books and sometimes they they make you believe what they tell you one thing and then they make you think another thing and then you find out it's it's the original thing and blah, 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 blah. Comic books like to play fast and loose with certain people. If you're not Uncle Ben... You, you can come back to life, basically. That's I love like the, that you added that in there. <laughs> that's like almost the rule of comic books. If your name is not yep. Uncle Ben, is your name is not Ben Parker, you can come back to life at some point in comic books. Whatever. Hundred yep. <laughs> percent. So, Jason is adopted by Batman. You know, he his original origin and original like him being Robin didn't really. The fans did not like him. Because it seemed like, well, this is a carbon copy of Dick, but he, this just this child is more angry. Yeah. So there was actually a poll of should the DC did, and it was, you know, call this number, press this number if you want to keep him, and press the number if you want us to get rid of him. Yeah. By a landslide, it was a get rid of him. So they didn't just go, oh, he leaves. No. He goes to find his mom in a foreign country, supposedly, Surprised it's a trap by the Joker. Joker beats him with a crowbar and then blows up the building just as Batman is about to get there. And that's the iconic death in the death in the family, you know, death of Jason Todd. Yeah. And that and that his death is always the same. It never changes. Mm-hmm. It's always the crowbar. It's always a merciless beating by Joker followed by an explosion and Batman getting there just a few seconds too late. Nothing about that ever changes yep and then batman is obviously haunted by he's like 
I'm not going to do this again. I mean, no surprise, Tim Drake, but whatever. Again, comic books. Yeah, it messes with him for a while, too. Uh, it's it's long like, while. Like, he's long brutal. time. Yeah. He's brutal, and that's why there was a third Robin. But mm-hmm. based on cri- uh, Infinite Crisis, when Superboy Prime punched his way from the Paradise Dimension back into reality, inadvertently sent a ripple through time and space that uh, that messed with stuff. Mm-hmm. I think uh, one of the key moments was making the affecting the 31st century so that way it was like certain people still existed even though they shouldn't because reboots but also jason todd coming back to life and crawling his way out of his grave and becoming red hood and you know terrorizing gotham and he's taking down all these crime bosses Mm -hmm. but he's still being a criminal in a way because he's like hey i'm the boss now you're gonna work for me this is what you're doing Oh, here comes Batman. I'm gonna fight him, right? And he has no, he had no quarrel with guns, anything, with killing. He mostly again, he mostly killed the bad guys. Um, and he's like, why? I think one of the most iconic lines, whether it was the animated movie or in the Under the Red Hood comic book, he asked he asked Batman, I understand that you you know you mourned me and that you know you don't kill. And then he pulls out the Joker and he's like, but why on God's green earth is he still alive? So he was pissed that like, yeah, I came back to life. This is great. Joker's still alive. So he's like, Batman, the hell? He killed me. Why is he still here? Get rid of him. He feels that his death was never fully avenged by his adopted father, essentially. Right. Which, I mean, you you can make a whole argument about that of like, oh, Batman doesn't kill. Whatever. We're not going to have that discussion. But, yeah, he was – clearly he was leaning on the side of if you stop him, he, you, if you kill him, you get you prevent all this other stuff. All right? Yeah. That's his origin, his original origin when he came back to life. His more current origin, uh, re- resurrection, you can call it instead, was <laughs> after he died, he was taken by the League of Assassins and dipped into the Lazarus Pit, which makes Ra's al Ghul immortal. And he was brought back to life and then slowly worked his way back to sanity because the Lazarus Pit doesn't make you whole immediately when you come back. You have to work on that. Yeah, and even then, sanity is a very fast and loose term. <laughs> right, that's very true. So, you know, he – so, he, you know, he's fought Batman. He's fought Dick Grayson. He's the anti – he's the anti-hero – of the Bat family, but he's also like, if Batman needs somebody, if Batman needs something done and he can't do it, Jason can do it. He's just, he, he really is like, I'm not telling you to do it, but this is what's happening. And then Jason's like, Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. Duh. And Jason actually, you know, he was like, Oh, I'm the better Robin. Even when Batman was, you know, incapacitated after final crisis, he took, he, he t- took up the mantle of Batman in a more brutal way, but Dick Grayson obviously took up the mantle again. It was like, uh, Jason, no, stop. You were yeah. not told to do it. I'm going to do it. It was in his, you know, Batman's last will and testament. I'm going to do it. And Jason's like, nah, screw you. And then he's like, all right, well, yeah. I mean, Dick Grayson beat him up and he's like, okay, 
All right, you got it. You can go. You you be Batman. Mm-hmm. However, just... in like doing that, he sort of becomes his direct antithesis. He's like, you can have the mantle of Batman, but I'm gonna keep doing me, and yeah, uh... we're gonna see each other again. And so that's what he means with that whole sort of sort of culmination, like culminative battle with them on the top of the train and everything. That he's like, take this. Like essentially, it's like him being like, "I give you my blessing, but you're gonna see me again because I'm not gonna stop, and there's no reason for me to." Exactly. And Jason Todd actually he has his own team from New Fifty Two and Rebirth, mm-hmm. um, and Batman even basically sanctioned it of like, "Listen, sometimes you, you, sometimes there needs to be outlaws, you know." So Red Hood's like, "All right, I'm gonna make a team." We're going to go do things our way. Yep. The first incarnation of that was him, Arsenal, and Starfire. Uh, and Starfire did remember Jason Todd. I'm not Jason Todd. Dick Grayson a little bit, but vaguely. Mm-hmm. Tam- Tamaranian physiology thing, whatever. It's the, real weird. Yeah, we're not going to get into it. The second incarnation of the Outlaws is Jason Arte- Artemis, that we spoke of last week, and Bizarro. So literally the Dark Trinity, mm-hmm. which and that's a lot of people. We, yep, that's where we get Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yep, and so Red Hood is he is the antithesis of Jason. I mean Dick. Goodness, he's the antithesis of Dick Grayson, but he's not a bad character. It's he is the listen. I will beat the bad guys down. I have no quarrel of taking you out from this world if you are going to pose a threat to the world. And, you know, during the Three Joker storyline, uh, I think he, I think, I feel he got some closure, sort of, with that storyline. We're not going to get into it. Spoilers. I think but, that's fair. Yeah. But Jason, again, Batman's like, I won't use guns. Jason. <laughs> Red Hood says, fuck that, because that's the easiest solution to get rid of bad guys. Yeah, Batman's like, I'm not going to shoot anybody. Red Hood's like, fuck it, two guns all the time. <laughs> like Two guns? Oh, I lost my guns? I have magic swords. Surprise. What? Yeah. <laughs> and he is, again, and it's also, I think, it was his resurrection, which, you know, even like Superman's resurrection are the two, I think, most iconic DC resurrections that it's like, damn, that's impressive. Because he is like, yeah, he died a Robin. Now he's Red Hood, but he's still part of the Bat family. Yeah. yeah so he's, it's not he's, like he's ostracized. He's, if you will, the redheaded stepchild of the Bat family. Because I think that's probably why he took up the name of Red Hood. Yeah, yeah I mean, he took up, he takes up initially takes up the name of Red Hood to sort of like mess with Batman because the original, like the OG Red Hood was the Joker. But then, you know, he eventually sort of, like, makes it his own. You know, he, he doesn't turn into somebody who does what the Joker does fully. He has the lethal capacity <laughs> of the Joker with a morally ambiguous, little bit more gray once he's fully developed understanding of justice. But he's still way more black and white than any other member of the Bat family, I think it's fair to say. Yep, I would agree to that. That he is the he's the he's the fast and loose kind of uh, child. It's like, listen, uh, yeah, you got all these rules. I'm gonna follow some of them. 
Yeah, yeah, and I want to touch on sort of the the magical sword that Zach brought up very briefly. Um, that's one of uh, Jason's. I almost said Dick. I stopped myself. That's one of Jason's uh, little singular sort of extra abilities that has to do with the Lazarus Pits. He has a little bit more understanding of the mystical arts um, due to sort of the Lazarus Pits and also due to his resurrection and just him being involved with the outlaws. It's just like sort of just within his scope of where he operates, it allows him to get access to that where Batman focuses on science and practicality and gadgets and his super power being insanely rich, essentially. Yeah, and it's because, you know, when they were developing more of Jason in the the New 52 and Rebirth and stuff, it's like, you know, we don't want him to just be a Bat family, like, you know, oh, I, I'm part of the Bat family, but I'll kill. It's like, no, let's actually give him a freaking storyline that has to do with mm-hmm. his time after his resurrection and why he didn't come immediately back. Yeah, and I also think it's, it's worth noting that um, when Jason is sort of fresh off of his resurrection he nearly kills um not only tim drake but damian wayne as well um he goes on a killing spree and that includes a couple members of the bat family um so both damian wayne and tim drake suffer incredible losses at the hands of jason todd's sort of like crazed res hood when he first sort of emerges from his resurrection so once again he has some pretty brutal origins um and it attests to his character and the red hood that we see today is completely different from the red hood that you got when he was first resurrected so if you read any red hood in the outlaws comics nowadays or solo red hoods you're still going to see that brutality you're still going to see that little more of black and white with the gray mixed in between not as much um sort of like gray as you would like to see um, but I, it, it's important to note that he, his lethality, um, is pretty intense. Yeah. It's Jason is, and this is why a lot of people like Jason. Cause this is like, oh, all right. Batman's not going to kill this guy. Jason's like, I don't care. I do what yeah. I want. Yeah. And exactly. I, and I, I would say I, as a member of the Bat family, he's my favorite because and this is my opinion, if I'm reading the others, it's like, all right, you're still following Batman's rules. It's uh, Come on. Jay, but Jason's like, I'm going to do what I want, and I don't care. He's yeah. my favorite of Bruce Wayne's sons, but, again, everybody has has their own. Favorite Robin would definitely be Dick, if not Damien. Oh, easily. But, like, second. But yeah. Jason's yeah. my favorite Bat family member. I think that there's a great moment in the Under the Red Hood um, animated movie where he shows up to a crime boss and sort of like breaks up a poker game with machine gun fire. And they're all like <laughs> – they sort of like look up at him. He's in the rafters pointing the gun down. And they're like, you want to get killed, punk? And he's like, you want to know what's a good way to get killed? Mouthing off to the guy with the AK-47. That right there. <laughs> that's the line that explains Jason Todd right there. That one line personifies the role of Red Hood in the DC universe. 100 Yeah, that is him. That's like literally like he will go as far as he needs to to stop evil, where Batman will do his best to find another way, even when it comes to sacrificing himself. And so, you know, it's it's the intellect is intertwined in both, but brutality is much more intertwined with Jason Todd, which is the polar opposite of our next Robin, Tim Drake, who I have brought up before. So Tim Drake 
I love him so much for his detective skills because you talk about Batman and you think detective. And one of the things that you're missing from the Robins until you get to Tim Drake really is that like innate sort of detective nature and that intellect. And you 100% get that with Tim Drake. And I think that's probably one of my favorite things about his character. In addition to something I'm going to share in just a couple seconds. So he ends up following Batman and Dick Grayson's careers as vigilantes very, very, very closely. He's interested from the second that he sees them. And he ends up monitoring them and noticing small details and ends up eventually like sort of connecting the dots. This kid figures it out. Um, and so he eventually ends up saving Batman and Dick Grayson when they were captured by Two-Face. Um, and he throws on the Robin suit at only 13 years old, um, which is pretty impressive. You know, like even Dick and Jason didn't really get to that level until they were probably a few years older than Tim, you know, and even then it was with Batman's influence. Tim by himself just like figures it out and shows up at 13 years of age and just completely decimates Two-Face and saves the both of them, which I think is incredibly admirable and speaks to his character. Um, however, it does sort of, once again, he has that sort of sad story. Um, Tim's mother was killed and his father was put in a coma after they drank poison water from a villain known as obey man. I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, so Batman wanted to avoid past mistakes like with Jason and ends up recruiting Tim. That's when he finally sort of like accepts him as the Robin. Um, but the key difference between Tim and Jason is that Tim is motivated to do the right thing. Unlike Jason. So Tim is much more aligned to Batman standards of justice versus Jason is once again, the polar opposite. So he ends up going through some pretty intensive training with Batman, ends up becoming the boy wonder, um, works through his doubts. His father ends up recovering from his coma and moves into a property uh, very close to Wayne Manor. However, it puts a little resentment between Tim and his father because he resents him for his close relationship with Bruce, with Bruce. once again, not knowing um, his secret identity that he's going patrol and kicking drug dealers in the teeth every night. So um, Tim shows himself to be a little bit more reserved, and that's where that sort of detective nature comes in. Um, and that's why he's, you know, similar, but at the same time, much more like Batman. You know, he has his own style, but he follows that sort of intellect very, very closely uh, with Bruce's character. Um, he actually ends up going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Joker very briefly, which ends up pissing off the Joker to high hell because he thinks that he killed Robin. This is after he kills Jason Todd. So he believes that Robin's dead and then another one shows up and he loses it. And sort of Tim uses that emotional advantage to get the upper hand and ends up defeating him and returns him to Arkham Asylum one on one. Um, one of the things that he's taught by Bruce in his training is that if you see like a really like a serious threat, we're talking like Bane, Joker, Black Mask, you know, like all the big baddies. His instructions were to withdraw and call for help immediately, but he ends up being stuck in a situation where he has to fight the Joker, and he comes out on top, and that is due to sort of his standing being the new Robin, which sort of is luck in some sense, but at the same time, he notices that he pushes Joker a little bit and then uses it to his advantage, right? 
So um, once again, as I mentioned in Dick's storyline, he acts as a protector to Gotham um, while Batman recovers his broken back um, from the confrontation with Brain. Brain. With Bane. <laughs> no Bane, no brain, brain in well, there. Mostly just brawn, uh, folks. Not a lot of brain. I will say that's, that. That's not true. But yes, uh, I probably in that moment, yes. But yeah. Yeah. we're not going to get into Bane. We will. <laughs> I got, but we all get the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got there. Everybody's here for the puns. At least I am. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> but like I said, he ends up working very closely with Dick Grayson, um, the sort of that awesome brotherly love that we all love to see. Um, after defending Gotham for a hot minute and doing a damn good job, I want to say, um, he takes some time in Paris to complete his training because he feels like it never really ends with the sort of abrupt broken back that Batman gets from Bane. Um, and he ends up stopping corruption in his dojo from another student and briefly travels to Karak to stop a coup. And we talked about Karak last week when we discussed Artemis and the Wonder Family. Um, So he has a hand in that as well. He is also a member of the Young Justice and ends up being its leader for a hot second. Um, He aids in humanitarian efforts in the aftermath of the earthquake in Gotham City in a particular arc that we'll mention at the reader recommendations at the end. Um, and is actually in that arc attacked by Ratcatcher, um, which makes him very, very sick. However, he works his way through it and is able to save a group of kids and defeat Mr. Freeze as well as Ratcatcher, only to be airlifted out due to him getting so low and feeling like he was not going to make it. He ends up calling his father, and his father works in the government and makes enough noise that they airlift him out of there, um, and he ends up recovering. And after that whole snafu, he gets enrolled in Brentwood Academy for a little while and really enjoys, like, just school again and just enjoys, like, being not a vigilante. Um, And he also does some side detective work. He sort of helps out his family a little bit um, while he's at the school, but never really dons the Robin suit, right? Um, Eventually, after that phone call with his dad, He confronts him about his secret identity, and his father threatens to expose him and the rest of the Bat family, but ends up actually going back on his attentions after he sees how helpful and essential that Tim was to protecting Gotham in the wake of Batman not really being there. Um, So he sort of, you know, overrides it and is like, all right, I don't like that my son is in this position, but he's good for the city and he's good for the people. So he sort of allows that to continue. Well, he doesn't allow that to continue. Tim was going to do it either way, but he sort of gets his blessing, essentially. Um, So eventually, though, however, he loses his father to a fight with Captain Boomerang, and then Bruce offers to adopt him. But Tim actually hires an actor to play his uncle. Uh, Bruce figures out and then confronts him and told him that he was impressed and offers to show him how to cover his tracks completely should the time come. And that's important. Because not only with a smart Robin like that, if you give them a key like that, they're going to take it and they're going to run 100%. And he does, right? So after a confrontation with Jason Todd, he develops sort of a grudging respect for him after Jason essentially beats the crap out of him and rips the R sigil off of his chest, demanding that he is actually the better Robin, right? And he thinks about would, you know, Jason have been a better Robin if the circumstances had changed, and it sort of changes his character a little bit. He goes through a little bit of character development, right? Um, He eventually becomes Bruce Wayne's adopted son um, and retakes control of the Teen Titans, and then he picks up the mantle of Gotham Protector once again due 
due to the continuing attacks on Batman from the Black Glove that we mentioned earlier. So while Nightwing and Batman are sort of dealing with that whole thing, um, he sort of stands alone. And it's the first time that he is really the protector just by himself. He doesn't have too much support. Um, he has a little bit of support. You know, he's Bruce Wayne's son. He's got plenty of support, but at the same time, it's just him patrolling, essentially. Um, he ends up actually defeating an imposter of his own mantle um, at this time as well, who is sort of masquerading around as him. No, it's not Jason Todd. You thought I was going to go there, <laughs> but it's not him, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, um, everybody in the Bat family, just, there's somebody parading as them, and they're like, I didn't tell you you could do this. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. I'm going to kick you in the teeth. And then they do, and then we get closure. It's great. Um, <laughs> and then Tim actually ends up getting some closure, once again, on the death of his mother when he tracks Obey a Man um, to Haiti after he bribes his way out of his prison sentence. Um, and he actually goes through a bit of a confrontation with him. Um, Obey Man uses some psychological traps and he uses like special gases and illusions, but Tim ends up seeing through it and beats the crap out of him and sends him back where he should be. And it, it's really good for his character. It's, it's, it's cathartic, you know, not that beating somebody senseless should be cathartic, but in this case, you know, it's really great. You know, the viewer's like, yeah, go for you. Good job, Tim. You deserve this. You know, you can you can have your cake and eat it, too, when it comes to beating up bad guys. But after that, Dick gives Damien Wayne the mantle of Robin, as I mentioned before, once again, thinking because Tim Drake was much more his equal and Damien Wayne still has plenty of training left to do. Right. So at this time, this is after that battle with Darkseid that I mentioned where Batman is believed to be dead. Tim then uses the tools that Batman gave him to cover his tracks completely to essentially disappear and search for Batman because he has it in his head that he is alive somewhere in the world, right? Um, he not only gets evidence of Batman being alive, but through the course of that ends up crippling Ras Raish al Ghul's organization as well. I almost said it. I stopped myself. It's Raish. Mm -hmm. I, I stopped myself. I did a good job. Give me a gold Raish, star. Raz, those two are fine. Anything else, you're incorrect. Yeah, for real. I'll say Raish just because, you know, it, I, I try to pay homage to the cultural milieu. Uh, but anyways, he ends up being called back to Gotham during the events of Blackest Night. Yes, he is involved in that story. Once again, if you haven't read it, please read Blackest Night. It's an amazing arc. So good. So good. Um, he ends up helping Nightwing uh, with fending off these sort of zombie-like Black Lanterns of resurrected heroes. Um, and villains. And villains, yep. And it's sort of it's it's essentially horde mode with members of the Bat family, and it's a great oh few pages of panels. It's so cool. Um, and currently he is actually teaming up with Kid Flash and Wonder Girl to stop a mysterious organization from killing or corrupting superpowered teenagers. So that's currently where Tim is as of the current issues. Um, and for his abilities. Like I said, he's got that insanely, insanely genius level intellect. He knows how to cover his traps, his traps, his tracks. Um, he also has, of course, all of his all of his abilities that he gets from Batman. You know, he's got a little bit of gadgets. He's really good with tracking. Um, and he is actually a very gifted escapologist. So he can get himself out of a lot of situations. You know, you lock Tim Drake in a box and he's going to figure out his way to how to get out of there pretty quickly. Um, and that's something that is just sort of 
with his character, not necessarily something that was taught to him at all. He's just very, very gifted in that sense. So, yeah, that is the Red Robin, as he is known, Tim Drake, son of Batman. So you get very different ends of the spectrum. We talk about Jason Todd, and then you skip right on over to Tim Drake, and it's completely different. And, you know, they did that for a reason, once again, because sort of Jason Todd's whole arc in itself and wanting to pick up someone else after he does his own thing, DC creators are like, all right, we got to come up with something fresh. We got to come up with something new. We need another sort of smaller version of Batman. We need a Wonder Boy that stands out by himself, but has a little bit more of that detective nature that we all know and love, right? And that 100% is Tim Drake. You're going to get nothing else but that when you talk about Red Robin. So that is Tim Drake himself. Excellent, Mm -hmm. Robin. Excellent, excellent, Robin. He's, He's... not a huge favorite within the community and from the... No. Oh, I'd say definitely not. Yeah, but, sort, of, sort of polls that I've talked to from my friends. But once again, his his intelligence is really his claim to fame there. Yeah, and then there's... And now I think they're making it more interesting because with Rebirth, there was a possible future Jason... Not Jason... Tim, oh my God, I, we can't with these bat kids. That's the oh thing. We're, we're just getting them mixed Holy up. Holy See, once again, we're three members in, and we're already we're already going back and forth. There are oh so many God. people in the well, bat family. Yes, the reason why I messed up which of the of the bat kids I was talking about is because this Tim Drake. There, there you go. This Tim Drake in the possible future is Batman, but it's like a black and red Batman, and he uses guns. Yeah. So that's why I was like, that's why I, initially I went Jason, because you would think, well, that sounds like Jason. No, it's apparently Tim. And he came back in time to stop John Kent Superboy for whatever reason. And yep. and then it was like, it was like, all right, well, now you're making it more interesting with this possible future version of himself. Mm-hmm. And then... Even then, I think his newer origin, it's like he never truly took up the mantle of Robin. He almost went from, hey, I could be a Robin, but I'm just going to be Red Robin instead. So, And not like the New 52 outfit, which was weird, but like yeah. more Robin outfit, but with two R's. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And and now Davian has his own outfit, so it looks less like Robin, but he still goes by Robin. But... Tim is the detective tech side of Bruce, of the yeah. Batman uh, mantle. 100%. So, wait, again, you have all these different, all his Robins all are part of the Bat mantle as a whole, which leads to Damien, Bruce Wayne's actual son, his oh. only genetic born son. Here we go. <laughs> who is the. The brutality, but also still the honor and the martial arts and the ninja skills of Batman. Mm-hmm. But he's no. also got the intellect when it comes to battle readiness and battle savvy. So right. you, you really get you get the intellect from Batman and Tim. You get that sort of like imbued in Damien, obviously, because he's his actual biological son. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and you take that and you put that in a conflict sort of setting, in a battle sort of setting. And there you go. You got Damien Wayne. Mm-hmm. And Damien was raised by the League of Assassins by his mother, Talia al Ghul, and his grandfather, Raish al Ghul. And 
Unknown yeah. to Bruce, by the way. Bruce did yeah, not know Bruce this kid existed. That, yeah, this kid was like 10 years old in five years. I think genetic manipulation, whatever. Yeah, I think the term Bruce, is technically like inorganically sped up aging or something like that. Well, yes, but he was made he was genetically made, yeah, the he fun was made, way. Made in the pit, essentially. Not even that. He was conceived in the, the, the fun way, as I a lot of people jokingly refer to it. Seems but a fun way. <laughs> yes, but Bruce was also drugged when that happened. So yeah, it, it's it's very it's <laughs> Damien's origins are very controversial. Very controversial. <laughs> right, but then if you think about it, it's like, well, we're talking about Talia. Yeah. And who is also not great. Yeah, she doesn't care. So whatever. Yeah, yeah she does but, what she wants. Yeah, Damien, yeah, you know, met with his father. He was trained, you know, he got, it's like, well, you've mastered, you're now, you know how to be an assassin, but you're still missing, in a sense, your humanity, so you're going to get raised by your father from now, Um, you know, have fun <laughs> later. So, he, he, uh, Damien is, you know, while he's learning to be a Robin, he has to learn, like, you can't kill, mm-hmm. you know, try not to maim. Basically, yeah. like, don't run at him with a sword. Yeah, uh, which he loves to do. Well, yeah. Which well, I, again, I, he uses it, but he's he's not, like, cutting off hands unless absolutely necessary. Yeah, unless he has to, unless he's fighting some zombie fight owls, essentially. But I, I, I love that he was conceived the fun way and that he walks around with a sword. I Like, there's a part of me that I'm like, okay this has got to be a metaphor for Batman's dick, right? Like, this has got to be, there's got to be some sort of, like, some somebody in DC was like, let's give him a sword, because Batman and Talia did it, right? Like, let's make this a thing. I don't know. It's just something that I it's, think, it keeps me up at night. My brain is like, what if Damien's sword is just an illusion for bat sex? And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks, brain. I didn't want to think about this at 3.30. <laughs> Here we are. Oh, <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. But, you know, uh, Damien was also trained by another assassin called Nobody. What a what a name there! But I I mean, if you're really good at your job, nobody's gonna know you're there. So I get it. Um, and Damien worked with Bruce to take to take you know to stop his mom and a clone of himself. Um, and it's weird. It was like Damien, buff like all grown up buff but kind of still had a, almost this childlike face. It was weird. It was weird looking. Yeah. Um, this clone of him that's fully grown is completely loyal to um, Talia. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. To the, and it's to, weird. To the organization. And it, yeah, it's it, it's literally like what if Talia hadn't sent him away, essentially. Like look in the mirror yep. type thing. Exactly. And so Damien actually, you know, he's battled, he bat, he's fought alongside Batman and, you know, all basically all the villains he's fought you know damien has kick, can kick their ass even if they're an adult it's like i can kick your ass no problem yeah he actually led his own you know he's died obviously comic books he's died he mm-hmm. came back he came back with superpowers for a little bit that was weird that was really weird i'm really glad you talked you mentioned that because i yeah. did not like that nobody did yeah. like it was just like oh i super son it's like stop He's like, okay, great, awesome. We have another shitty Rick storyline. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, stop it. Um, You know, he formed his own Teen Titans team initially 
for Rebirth, it was yeah, he kind of in a way kidnapped them and said, "We're gonna be a team." It's like, uh, dude, this is not how you recruit people. Yep. You know, he had Beast Boy, Starfire, Raven. Again, you're like, but Raven, uh, Starfire was an adult. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Like New Fifty Two, Starfire was an adult, and then Rebirth. She wasn't. I don't know. Yeah. Nobody anytime, knows. anytime there's anytime. a new Teen Titans team, Starfire is like, oh, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> like every yeah. It's like, how time. old are you? It's like, yeah. are you even a teenager anymore? Are you still anyway. a teen? I don't know. <laughs> Tamra, by you know, Tamaranian standards, maybe Earth standards, definitely not. But anyway. Yeah. You know, he Kid Flash, Wallace West. He had um, you know, Raven and Beast Boy. And then he had a new Teen Titans group, which I think was better. He still had Kid Flash, Wallace West. He actually had Red Arrow, um, Emiko, which I believe she's Oliver Queen's half sister. Um, and a then, fuzzy. yeah, eh, yeah. And then he had this genie named Jin, who's you know, she looks like a kid, but she's obviously thousands of years old, blah, blah, blah. Then you had Crush, who is the daughter of Lobo, and this guy, this guy Roundhouse, uh, Roundhouse, who can change his mass and density and stuff. And I'm like, okay, every single one of you is, in a way, a legacy here, a legacy child, except for Jin and, and Roundhouse. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, all right, you know what? Fine, let's let's go with this. But I, that's my favorite new interpretation of the, of the Teen Titans. Rightfully so. Yeah, and then he's you know again he's the other half of the Super Sons, mm-hmm. you know, with Jonathan Kent. Um, they have they have a very interesting storyline. I I just want to kind of plug that right there. The Super Sons arc is really really cool. You get you get the great buddy cop. They sort of hate each other at the end, but they go through trials and tribulations to sort of come out the other side type thing. It, it's literally like bad boys within the DC universe if they were <laughs> sons of superheroes. It's great. I, yeah, and it's 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 really it's actually really cool. You know, him and John have taken on Kid Amazo, um, which is a, I thought it was a little silly when I remember learning about a Kid Amazo. I'm like, well, that's dumb. It's like, all right, well, no, his origin and his and and that arc was pretty cool. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I and hear I, his honestly, name, I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah, I think that's something that needed to happen. Honestly, if you think about it too, they really needed like somebody with enough chops that the readers would recognize, and then that you would sort of like be like, okay, these two are not to be messed with type thing. They can stand on their own. Right. Uh, you know, and the first thing, a lot of this, you know, well, let's fight somebody who can have the pain, same powers as the Justice League. Well, that's kid version. I was still going to kick his ass. <laughs> like, yeah, right, exactly. Go the ahead, guys. Just two of you. Yep. And then, you know, Damien's fought a dark multiverse version of himself, the Robin of the Batman who laughs. Um, you know, psychological warfare, basically, between those two. It's like, I'm Damien. I am you. If you embrace your assassin heritage blah 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 mm-hmm. and we're in a dark multiverse <laughs> yeah and then you know there are possible futures where damien is robin i mean damien is batman there are possible futures where he takes up the league of assassins there da- damien's future is very bright but i don't think he would in my opinion him being a batman mm, yeah i don't know if he, i don't know if it would work Honestly, I, I think he's a little too extreme with where he is in his character arc right now, if he was to pick up that mantle. Yeah, and he, 
And I, yeah, I don't think he's. I mean, that's that's my own personal understanding. You guys are welcome to read it and have your own opinion and talk to us about it. If we ever get big and have a panel or anything, we would love to do that. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, I don't know if it would work. I agree with you. Yeah, I don't think it really would. There's another member of the Bat family that we're not really going to get into that well because he's pretty new. His name is Signal. He never was Robin. Signal. His name is Duke Thomas. He actually has – he does have powers. Mm -hmm. I believe it's hard light constructs and also a little bit of precognition. It's a little iffy because, again, he's still developing as a character. Yeah, he's not, like, totally clairvoyant, but he has, like, some sort of sense at the very least. Mm -hmm. I don't know if clairvoyant is the right word. I think – yeah, I think precognition just fits it better. Yeah, that definitely does fit better. And he is – I think he's pretty – he's a pretty cool character, and I do want to see, you know, more – him get fleshed out more. Mm -hmm. And also be like, well, how is he compared to the other sons of – he's not even really Batman's adopted son, but – you know, how yeah, do you compare to the other uh, Bat kids? Yeah, he just kind of like hangs out with the Bat family when he's needed type thing. Also, sick suit. Great suit. Uh, very, very cool suit. Very cool suit. So, recommendations. Let's try let's to... Let's do it. Let's go. Let's see how fast we can go through this. Damian Wayne. Avengers of Super Sons. Challenge of the Super Sons. Dark Knights. Uh, Metal. Resistance. Um, Batman and Robin Eternal, Batman Incorporated, Batman vs. Rachel Ghoul, Batman and Superman Volumes 1 and 2, uh, Tim Drake, a lot of stuff. All know, of Batman R- Yeah, Batman R.I.P., Batman Contagion, Nightfall, No Man's Land, Identity Crisis, Teen Ti- New 52, Teen Titans, mm. um, and then Rebirth, Batman Detective Comics. I believe Batman Incorporated as well. Yeah, I I just want to plug this real quick. The Identity Crisis arc with Tim is a must read. Oh yeah, very a very must read. Hundred percent. Jason Todd, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Robin War, The Return of Bruce Wayne, Battle for the Cowl, Batman Hush, Red Hood: The Lost Days, Batman: Death in the Family. That might be really hard to get, but it's still you know very iconic. Yeah, you could definitely, at the very least, you could find a movie, an animated movie, or you could probably find an electronic version just because it's so iconic. That would probably be the best way to do it as far as finding, like, an OG physical copy. That's going to be kind of difficult. Yeah, and then Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Literally anything Nightwing, obviously, but yeah, I would say the Rebirth Nightwing is very good, even New 52. Grayson, Agent of Spiral, A Night in Bloodhaven, Batman Year 3, and Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. Yeah, oh my gosh, Judas Contract. <sighs> Judas That's an Contract. iconic one ever. It's so good. Judas Contract is incredible. If you really want to see Nightwing full chops, full independence, fully immersed and like pretty well fleshed out within the dc universe judas contract that's where you got to start that's also technically the first appearance of nightwing yeah so that's when he really shows up that's when we get the dick grayson that we all know and love i'm so glad you finished that sentence me too i stopped myself (laughs) (laughs) on that note note, join us next week when we talk about another dc 
character or members of the Bat family. Mm-hmm.